Thank you, Kelly Robinson. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to our program this morning. Well, it's been a week, hasn't it? I live in north-central Texas, where it got to 33 degrees. I think more like 32.1 degrees where I live outside the city of McKinney. Oh, my goodness gracious, that was close. I don't have any plastic on my greenhouse yet. I have a 30 by 60 foot greenhouse. The raccoon got between the two layers of plastic last spring. And I've bought some reinforced plastic. I bought it about a month ago. And uh, it's waiting to be put up over the hoop. But my guy who's going to do that is really busy, as you can imagine. And, oh, that caught me by surprise. So it, it never has gotten that cold that early where we live in 45 years, almost 50 years. So anyway, it's been quite a week. Got some rain since last we spoke and had that. When I looked last Saturday and saw it was forecast to be 32 and 31 on, um, what was that, Tuesday night, I couldn't believe it. And uh, most of you had warmer Tuesday evenings. Even Amarillo was about 10 degrees warmer. So go figure that one out. Anyway, we're here to talk about the plants at your place, not my place. So I hope you'll pick up the phone, give us a call. Jared Taylor is in place. The phone lines are in place. And I'm in place. And my place is right here to answer your questions at 888-256-1080. for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Give me a call, won't you please? 888-256-1080. You won't have uh, quite as long on hold today because we're kind of out of the, well, to some degree, out of the diagnostic question time period. Takes longer in the summer a little bit and so I can move more quickly this time of year, and you, you won't have as, as long a wait. And I'll try to answer uh, fairly punctually, so I'd love to hear from you. It's as simple as that. Uh, as you leave October and head into November, this is our, no, let's see, this is our next-to-last broadcast. What is this? Yeah, it's next-to-last broadcast in October. Uh, there are some things we need to talk about, one of them being you need to water your plants. If you didn't get much rain last weekend, we didn't get enough to carry us very far. The one thing it did do is wash off all the goo off the trees and off the ground, the sticky honeydew residue. I hope it doesn't come back. The leaves are falling pretty quickly. I doubt that the aphids are going to have much success sucking much sap out of the leaves. Then they process that through their bodies and, and drip the honeydew. Um, but if you didn't get much rain, you can you can use a high-powered washer, just a nozzle on the end of your hose to, to clean things up. Uh, anyway, the other thing you need to do is water. Water deeply. Get your plants hydrated before they head on into the wintertime. Uh, keep mowing your, your uh, lawn. Uh, mow it at the regular height. You don't want to raise the mower. That doesn't help it at all during the wintertime. And, and you don't want to leave the leaves on the lawn during the wintertime. That does not in, help the lawn at all. It's a bad idea because uh, it will uh, hold moisture in and warmth in. And you might think that's a good idea, but it isn't because uh, the uh, uh, problem in doing that is that you uh, uh, run the risk of uh, brown patch and other diseases, and if you get a wind that comes through and blows all that off, uh, then all of a sudden your lawn is quite vulnerable. So that's just a starting point. We can talk about bulbs and some other things if you wish, whatever you wish. The phone is 888-256-1080. I broadcast to about 33 stations across the great state of Texas, from Alpine, where our first call will originate today, all the way to Crockett, 
and that's in deep east Texas in the Piney Woods. Two uh, cities in this state could not be more uh, diverse. We also broadcast from Victoria and Corpus Christi to Amarillo. Uh, two other cities or three could not be more diverse. And so it's really fun to do this program. 888-256-1080. Live on this beautiful 22nd of October. Give me a call, won't you please? Okay, so last week I made a mistake. I said that would be the last week I would have that uh, that supply of books that I had set aside <laughs> At thirty-two ninety-five, my book, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. I found another stack, a small stack of books. This is this is this. I promise you, will be the last weekend for this offer. But I found another stack as we were clearing out empty boxes and making ready to take delivery on about five thousand more books. I said, oh my gosh, these books, these boxes are full. I thought they were empty. And so I'm going to leave this offer up this weekend. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the book is Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. It has 344 pages, 840 of my best photographs. And as I wrote it, I wanted it to be a complete, uh, uh, thorough analysis and uh, guidebook for gardening in every county in Texas on every subject relative to gardening. Lawns, landscapes, flower, fruit, and vegetable gardening. The whole works. Everything that you do outdoors for every county in Texas. I have um, uh, spent a year of my life doing this book, and those are my photographs in the book. I think you'll enjoy the book very, very much. Uh, You only can get the book from my website or by calling my office, and my office will be closed Next week, we scheduled it so that Gretchen could take the week off. And so what that means is you need to order it from the website. That's going to be your way. If you don't have access to the website, please ask somebody who does to order it for you. Uh, every book goes out of my office signed. Uh, I'll be about uh, about five days delayed in getting them signed, so no, no problem there. But what you need to do is order it at neilsperry.com. Satisfaction completely guaranteed. Eleven chapters that cover everything from uh, lawns to landscapes, uh, the uh, basics of gardening, a 48-page calendar of when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all your plants, all that, and satisfaction completely guaranteed. And I need to remind you that the book is not in stores and it's not on Amazon. You'll see all the details at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. The uh, The book will be thirty-eight ninety-five. The books that I have set aside at thirty-two ninety-five will run out after this weekend. So those are the ways you can get it. Go to neilsperry.com and order soon. Once I'm out, the price goes up. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Homegrown goodness, that's what Mueller's all about. Mueller's been producing quality steel buildings and metal roofing. They've been doing it right here in Texas for 90 years, nine zero years. Right now, you can grow yourself a Mueller greenhouse right in your own backyard. Mueller's easy-to-assemble, bolt-together greenhouses come in five sizes, from 6x9 all the way up to a spacious 12x21, and they feature a galvanized steel frame with more than 30 designer trim colors from which to choose. With hail-resistant polycarbonate, 
polycarbonate panels, lockable walk doors and windows. A Mueller greenhouse will let the sun shine in while it protects your plants year-round. Don't let the weather ruin what you've worked so hard to produce. Get yourself a great greenhouse. Get it from a Texas-grown company. That's Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. MuellerInc.com. You can see all about it there. Or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. MuellerInc.com. Mueller means greenhouses. We'll have more after this message. Thank you, Kelly Robinson. We have four lines. One line of those is open at that number, 888-256-1080. And you know what? Two of our three lines that are occupied are occupied by folks from Alpine. I love that. Let's start with Gary in Alpine. Gary, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are yes, you? Sir. I'm doing super. How can I help you? I wanted to know if I could put out some tall fescue seeds this late in the year. I've got some areas that have uh, Dallas grass that I want to grub out, and I, I didn't know if I could uh, reseed at this late day. Um, yeah, you can. The uh, only problem is that you're going to have to spot treat for any Dallas grass that you miss, and I'll guarantee you, you'll miss some. It's it's a horrible weed. It's just horrible. Um, I, the only other option is to wait a whole year and and uh, spend next year getting rid of the Dallas grass. And I don't don't know about you, but I don't think I'd want to do that. So I think you're I think you're on track. Um, it's late, but it's not too late. I would do it as soon as you can. I would get it planted okay. as soon as you can. All right. And uh, does dimension have any effect on the Dallas grass and the uh crabgrass and other grasses like that weed grasses that i have in my yard remember that you've you uh you you've mentioned two completely different grasses um dimension is a pre-emergent weed killer so it will kill any seed as it tries to germinate and so i have to be honest with you on dallas grass yes it would kill any dallas grass seed that tries to germinate but dallas grass is a perennial weed and it will come back from its roots, and it will spread from its roots, just like a daylily spreads by by increasing its clump size, or iris do, or daffodils do, other perennials. Well, Dallas grass will do the same thing, and so uh, you'd be disappointed if you tried to use dimension as a control for Dallas grass. It will not offer much help. It will be perfect for your crabgrass. That's what it's intended for. Yeah, I think I have a mixture of grasses here that are undesirable. I had my yeah. yard uh, 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 grubbed out and uh, seeded with a nice tall fescue, but uh, he quit before the job was finished. So all around the periphery of my yard, I've got uh, there was bare earth, and and that's where this uh, Dallas grass uh, really took hold. So. Okay, okay, let's let's back up just a little bit, and I can't see any of it, so I'm I'm flying blind. Um, first of all, the the crabgrass prevention. Mm-hmm would be applied in Alpine uh, in the spring, in, in all of Texas, would be applied in the spring. And you want to you want to find your average date of your last killing freeze and then back up by two weeks. And that would be the proper time for applying the, um, uh, the, the, the dimension. And then 90 days after that, what is the average date of your killing last killing freeze in Alpine? I, I have to confess, I've watched the uh, my weather bug uh, app all the time and you've had some late freezes uh, mm-hmm. bob, bob ward has bought me at the, 
At the garden center at Morrison's, they tell me it's around mid-April or around yeah, Easter time. That's average, and and uh, I, I know Bob Ward at Morrison's has has brought tomato transplants in, had them frozen late, you know, and, and uh, tried to help his customers. Um, the uh, the so if it's late April, then for, or mid-April, then first of April would be your time. For much of Texas, it's going to be early March to mid-March, and for the Panhandle, it's going to be about the 1st of April. All right, so we'll say 1st of April, and then that's going to put you, uh, 90 days later, is going to put you about the 1st of July. I, I can't conceive waiting quite that long. I'd probably put it out mid-June. You need the booster shot because we have such a long growing season in Texas. So those two applications, 90 days apart, would give you a, a, a whole season of control for crabgrass and for grass burrs. And, and that's not going to do much to help you with the Dallas grass. Now, I want to address that. If you've got it around the edge of the lawn and it's coming up just because you don't have much uh, uh, fescue out there, that doesn't sound like the way Dallas grass operates. You might want to have somebody uh, identify that just to make sure it's Dallas grass. I have photos in my book. I have photos on my website. Uh, A&M has some really good photos of Dallas grass, D-A-L-L-I-S. Uh, look at the seed heads for sure. They're flattened and they have little black specks on them. And make sure you have Dallas grass because you might have something that, that is an annual that could be addressed with a, with a pre-emergent. So just okay. thinking out loud. That's, appreciate the advice, Neil. Thank you for your help. Have a great day. Wish I were out there with you. It's a wonderful city. It's where my mom and dad lived for 17 years. Thank you, sir. Let's go to Karen in the results now. Karen, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. How may I help you? Um, when you buy the mums, of course, they're so pretty this time of the year. They're so full, and the flowers are really pretty. But then, of course, after they start dying out, they're ugly looking. Can you can you print them down so far to make them come back again? Absolutely. Uh, once they finish blooming, are they in pots now or are they in the ground? Yeah, they're in pots. Okay. Uh, do you, I hope you intend to plant them in the ground, do you? Well, yes, <laughs> yes, sir, if I get around to it. <laughs> okay. Try to try to make yourself get around to it because they'll drive you nuts if you leave them in pots. They'll get root-bound, gotcha. and they will, uh, they'll be hard to water enough. What you need to do is uh, when you get ready to plant them in the ground, doesn't matter. You can do it ahead of time if you want to. You can print them anytime you want to. But once they're through blooming, you look down near the ground, and you'll see some new little bright green shoots coming up right at the base of each stem. Those are okay. next year's stems. That's where the, the blooms will, well, that's not where the blooms will originate, but that's where the growth for, for next year will start. So you can cut them back to within about an inch or two inches of the soil. Um, I, this, this sounds like I'm, I'm echoing something that I just said, but actually I just wrote it. I was writing this morning earlier and, <laughs> uh, a, a story that I wrote somewhere else. And, uh, you, I like to leave about two inches of that stem in place so that when I have them out in my garden, I know where they are and I won't go accidentally digging around in that area. And uh, so I leave about an inch or two of that stem stubble in place and, and these little new shoots are coming up around it. Those are the stems for next spring. Uh, if you're going to divide them ever, fall is a good time to do that and you can you can break them apart at this point. A lot of times when you have a nice big pot of mums that you bought at a garden center, or even at a flower shop, you'll have three cuttings in a pot, three plants. And if you soak the pot really well and wait one day, it'll still be moist and you can 
uh, use both hands to, to break it apart and have three plants, space them about 15 or 18 inches apart, and, and they will grow uh, independent of one another next year. If you have three, okay. if you only have one, you can't do anything like that. But yeah. uh, go ahead and plant them out in full sun and well-prepared uh, garden soil like you would for any perennial, and they'll mm-hmm. establish and do very well. But that's uh, that's how you prune them, and that's that's something you can do as soon as they're through blooming. Okay, so you get one bloom out of them this year, and then you do what you told me to do, and then they'll be pretty again next year. They'll be be ready to grow next spring. Now, garden mums, Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a little more technical all of a sudden here, and you got to stay with me on this. Chrysanthemums are measure the length of the nighttime, the dark period. They are photoperiodic, and there are all different levels of chrysanthemums. Some of them need very little uh, a short period, dark period, nighttime, they will try to bloom very early. Those are the ones that are sold in garden centers because they can come into bloom in September, October. Some mm-hmm. of the big fancy mums that uh, you'll see in, in chrysanthemum shows and you'll see sold as uh, football mums take longer. They don't bloom until November. And so the the ones that are the smaller ones, like you've bought at a garden center that have little uh, flowers, maybe the size of a golf ball or smaller, those will try to bloom in the spring because the the night length in the spring, there's a time in the spring that's exactly the mirror image of fall. And so mm-hmm. then you'll, get, you'll get a bloom in on them in, in the spring. You You can enjoy that in May and early June, but then when they begin to kind of quit growing and they just kind of stall out in June, you need to remove all of those flowers, even if they're still trying to kind of bloom, remove them, get back into leaves, and make them grow leaves. The the day length will be long enough then, the nights will be short enough, that the mums will not try to bloom in the summer. And at that point, you need to encourage them to grow, 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 so that you'll have a nice fall bloom. That's called photoperiodic, and, and but don't be surprised if they try to bloom in the spring. The big mums don't do that, the ones that bloom late in November. They they don't get around okay. to it, but the, the the garden mums do. So okay. that's, that's the long story of it. Hope that helps. <laughs> well, well, thank you very much, and thank you so much for your book. I got it this week. Good. And it's got so much good stuff in it. Don't know good. where to start. Well, start with mums. That's a good starting point. <laughs> Have a great <laughs> well, day, thank Ken. thank you, sir. Thanks for you calling. Too, Bye-bye. Iris in Alpine, you're coming up next. We'll try to help you with the hollies. Neil Sperry's eGardens is my free electronic newsletter that comes from my computer to your uh, your computer, your email. And I'd be glad to have you on our list. I, I love it when somebody says, hey, I just signed up for eGardens, and that thing's great. Thank you. Um, I hear that every once in a while. One of my friends I thought was already signed up said, hey, how do I sign up for that? I'd sent him a, a link uh, this week to something, and, and uh, so I... Uh, to a story that was in it, and he said, how do I sign up for this? And I, I sent him the link for that. It is uh, There are always five stories in eGardens. One of them is always a featured plant of the week. One of them is always gardening this weekend, where I point out the most critical task for that weekend. And then our new uh, Q&A section that is much 
uh, in, improved and much lengthened, uh, answers your gardening questions and a couple of other stories as well. I did a feature story this week that is completely uh, off the beaten path because she is the editor of my book, Carolyn Sky. She was the editor of my magazine, my calendars, everything for a long time. She's retired now, but she is quilting. She's in her 80s, and she is winning national quilting shows. And I showed you some of her quilts. Many of them are garden related and i just said you know what i want to show your quilts carolyn if you'd be willing and you're going to love those all that at neil sperry's e-gardens if you didn't if you don't get it you can see what i'm talking about by going to my website that's where you go to sign up for it you have to you have to sign up for it i don't know your email address um but you can see what uh, what it looks like and decide if you want to sign up for the weekly e-gardens comes every thursday evening right after six that's at neil sperry n-e-i-l-s-p-e-r-r-y dot com and click on the e-gardens tab i will tell you i will never spam you i'm not going to send you anything other than e-gardens and you're not going to ever get anything that says hey because you subscribe to e-gardens i want you to see this or that message nor will i ever give or sell your email address to anybody so you're just going to get eGardens. Hope you'll look at it. I think you'd like it. That's Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com. More after these messages. Thank you, Kelly, very much. We actually have two lines open right now at 888-256-1080. Seems Iris was not willing to wait, and so that happens. So we'll go to Les in College Station. Les, this is Neil. Good morning. How are you today? I'm wonderful. I really appreciate your call. How can I help? Yeah. Yeah, so what I've got, as an old biology professor used to tell me, i got a plant that's out of place. And uh, <laughs> it's a, to me, I'm, I'm looking at it as a weed. And uh, it's a almost a vine line. It's in my St. Augustine lawn. And it has um, a... A single root, but it vines out, it appears, and as it propagates. And then it has these little tiny purple flowers with a yellow center in them. Yeah, that and are very wiry, tiny. Like, yeah, hang on a second. Tiny, yeah. tiny leaves and very wiry, woody plant. Exactly. Yeah, that's roadside aster. Um, it is. Roadside Esther, okay. A-S-T-E-R. Um, okay. It is, uh, it is the scourge of uh, fall lawns. You don't even see it unless you, unless you know what you're looking for. You don't even see it until it starts to bloom, and all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, look at this, everywhere. <laughs> and, yeah. and usually, less you'll see it in the parts of your yard where it is hardest to, to water and to get fertilizer. Um, I, I'm not saying that's always the case, but it usually will be out by the curb or back by the alley or in places yeah. of that sort. Um, because yeah, it is, and, and I'm not not trying to offend you with this next comment, it is a weed of neglect. It is the first weed to move in when we have a lawn that needs just a little more TLC, and that's what happens when we're out by the curb or back by the alley or down by the river yeah. or whatever, you know. And so uh, the the thing that I always tell people is that the best thing you can do to get rid of roadside aster is maybe ramp up the care that that part of your yard gets. It's an annual weed. Uh, it will live its entire life cycle in this same calendar year. 
uh, when it and and there are people who get very upset with me when I suggest using any kind of a weed killer to get rid of it because they say, well, it's beautiful, it's a wildflower. Well, they need to see it about a month from now when it has uh, experienced a freeze. It turns dark, dark brown, and ugly, and stubbly. It's just a, a ugly thing. So yeah. uh, the 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 best thing you can do is uh, fertilize and water a little more often out in those areas. And the St. Augustine will crowd it out. St. Augustine wins. You know, it's a rock, paper, scissor. Well, St. Augustine wins all the way around on that one. And then if you do happen to see some of it coming along, you can spot treat with a hand applicator, a little trigger bottle of broadleafed weed killer containing 2,4-D, the numbers 2,4 and a hyphen D. Um, You don't want to use that when it's really hot in the summer. But that's that. That's a good weed killer for uh, roadside aster. It doesn't have wide leaves, but it is it is a broadleafed weed, meaning that it's not a grass. Okay, I appreciate the information, and and I'll start uh, being more careful in those areas. Yeah, it's. It, I didn't. I always. <laughs> I always hesitate to say it the way I did because I'm not trying to offend anybody. We all have it. It just reminds us, oh, I guess that's that's where I forgot to do something. And, and I, it shows up in mine, too, so I understand. So anyway, okay, glad I, I could help you. Yeah, you betcha. Have a good day. Take care. Let's go to Michelle, also in college. I'll get three in a row in College Station. Michelle, this is Neil. Good morning. How can I help you? Hi. First, I want to thank you for saving my lemon trees. Cool. Your information that you gave me was 100% spot on, and they are now recovering. But my question for you is about a rubber tree plant that I have on my patio that has gotten way too big and leggy and long for me to bring it inside the house. Can I prune it this time of year? Yes, uh, do it outside because it uh, it has a latex sap that will drip everywhere for a couple of hours after you do the pruning. Um, I, I want to be realistic with you that a mature rubber tree, uh, rubber plant, will grow 60 or 80 feet tall and oh, cover half an <laughs> acre in size. So, wow. yeah, I thought I'd scare you. Um, so I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, you need to you need to be realistic in knowing that it 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 probably doesn't have a you know a fifty year future in your house uh, any more than a pecan tree would or a live oak, and and uh, that's the uh, the sad reality of it. We, we sometimes we choose plants for house plants that end up being green giants that, that aren't going to make it forever, um, but. But they can be used for, they can be kept for several years and kept very beautiful. Um, so you can prune it a time or two, but eventually it will say, hey, I am tired of this. I'm just, I keep growing and she keeps cutting me back. But yes, that's So how that's much should I do. trim off? Well, as much as you have to to get it through the door and, okay. and as and little as you, you can d- buy with. Do you put anything on the ends where the latex is leaking? You could, uh, if you have a, uh, fireplace starter, or, you know, the pistol thing, I don't know what they're called, um, a fire starter, the 12 inch things yeah. that you, with the trigger, you could, you could try that and see if that will, uh, cauterize it. Um, I do that on, uh, well, I guess I use it on nylon twine when I'm, uh, 
uh, when I'm mm-hmm, yeah. trying to get that seared off. But you could try that and see if that helps. Otherwise, just letting it drip on newspaper for an hour or two, that's usually all you have to do. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. And a girl. Have a good day. Thank you. All right. Lee in College Station, Virginia in Huntsville. You will be coming up next. Let me get a break out of the way. Thank you all for calling. I appreciate it very much. We've been very busy this morning. And uh, the phone number, if you'd like to occupy one of the other two, is 888-256-1080. 888-256-1080. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening is my book. And this now, I think, will officially be the last time I'll do this ad. I said that last week. And then, as I mentioned about 30 minutes ago, I found a stack of boxes about... Uh, Oh, what was it, about 10 or 15 boxes that I thought were empty. And these are in my garage, and it's it's just mayhem trying to do all of that at the last minute when you're trying to close out an offer on the book. The book is uh, normally, well, it will be thirty eight ninety five, but these are at thirty two ninety five as I go from the fifth to the sixth printing. I just was hoping to sell out all of the fifth printing so I didn't get them all confused in and uh, as, as I got into the sixth printing. And uh, I'm taking delivery Monday on 5,000 of the sixth printing. Uh, they're printed in San Antonio, and so I let them stay warehoused down there and bring up uh, 5,000 at a time as I need them. And um, so I'd like to get these sold um, at 32.95. The book covers every aspect of outdoor gardening for every county in Texas. There are specific chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. There's a general chapter beginning the book covering all the uh, general things like soils of Texas, climates of Texas, uh, the hardiness zones of Texas. There's a chapter. Chapter 2 is a calendar, and it's 48 pages of when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all of your plants, four pages per month. I've never put that in a book before. This is a hardback with 344 pages and 840 of my best photographs and more than 25 multi-page charts. I guarantee your satisfaction or I'll refund every penny you spend. With 75,000 books sold to date, I've never been asked for a refund, which amazes me, and I'm thrilled. It'll happen someday, I understand that, but uh, those are pretty good odds. I'm just amazed. So if you'd like to get a copy and save that uh, $6, this is the way to do it. Um, My office, we thought we would be uh, giving Gretchen a break next week, and so she's going to be gone. The office will be closed. And so you need to order online. That's the only way you can order. There won't be anybody in the office to answer the phone. So you, you're you going to have to order it online at neilsperry.com if you want that thirty-two ninety-five price. So go to N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. I sign every copy as it sells. And uh, late in the week, we'll be getting them. Uh, boxed and mailed it'll be delayed by just a few days that way but i'd be proud to do that for you neil's Ferry's lone star gardening not in stores not on amazon you order it from neilsferry.com satisfaction guaranteed more after these messages thank you kelly let's go to lee in college station as promised lee this is neil good morning good morning so one of my favorite plants um, is a windmill palm. Lee, it sounds like they, you're, sounds like you're underwater. Is there something odd with your phone? Ugh. 
Well, it is a cell uh, cell phone. That's better. Uh, That's better. Whatever you just did is better. Okay. So one of my favorite plants is a um, uh, a windmill palm because they tend to handle whatever cold that we have here in Texas. Um, but I've been having trouble with a number of them uh, in the past. It seems like once they get two to three foot tall, I'm buying them in those plastic containers, and on a couple of them, they're just really root-bound. And I know that with many trees and plants, you talk about cutting the roots and uh, you know uh, try to make it a little bit easier for those new roots to grow. I've just had such a hard time taking a, a ball of roots and getting out my utility knife and just cutting that thing up. So, but is that okay? I mean, no matter how root bound it is, no matter what kind of a plant it is, it's okay to cut those roots. Uh, I think probably I would do it gingerly with a uh, with a with a palm. I, I wouldn't necessarily go in there and just hack away at it. Uh, what month are you planting these? Uh, different times during the year. Try uh, you need to be planting during the hot weather during the summer. Uh, also, I don't know if you're monitoring how well these are doing based on after the last two winters, but we've had two just uh, uh, abhorrent winters for palms, especially 2021. Right. And uh, they didn't make it through that very well at all. And so don't judge that. Don't blame yourself for that one. Windmill palms. Right. I did lose a couple uh, during that. Can but imagine. I bought. I'm sorry. I say I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, and I bought some since then, planted them, and one of them that I dug up today, I, I told my wife I'm going to uh, d- kind of analyze it to, to see if I can figure out what happened. And sure enough, one of them that I dug up, that root ball was still intact, uh, and they really hadn't spread out any, and so I imagine that may have been what happened. It just choked itself. And, well, what I would do is probably use a utility knife, which is going to keep you from going in very far, and just cut the outer surface. You don't have to break a lot. It's uh, this is not okay. going to be like a uh, an oak tree that's going to have a root the size of your thumb inside a container, uh, right? And and so you're not going to have to. You're just trying to break the outer surface so that so that uh, the the plant is not just completely compacted within the within the root ball. But you're not going okay. to get a lot of outward growth in one year. That doesn't happen immediately with, with plants. It's possible okay. that the new plant got too dry. That's the most common problem I see with, with, uh, with a lot of uh, uh, broad-leafed plants the first year that they're planted. Hollies, magnolias, things of that sort. They get too dry, and people don't realize it because they don't wilt like normal plants do, like a big succulent plant would. Right. And, and I don't mean succulents. I just mean a big plant with big leaves like a coleus right. or something would wilt. And and the uh, these big plants with, with large leaves don't necessarily do that, and, and before you know it, they're past the point of no return. That could have happened. Well, if I'm hearing from you that it's okay to cut those roots, that's what I'm doing next A little time. bit, a little bit. A little I'm, bit. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to guarantee you that was your problem. I know, but okay. after digging that one up today, it sure looked like it was. So appreciate your help. You betcha. Good luck with it. Thanks for the call. All right, Virginia and Huntsville, I'm coming to you next. Let me get a, a last break out of the way. My website, folks, is neilsperry.com, and in this case, it does matter how you spell my name, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. It's uh, E-I in alphabetic order, and uh, so I hope you will uh, 
Hope you will go to my website. I think you'll find some uh, very useful things there, like the 1001 Frequently Asked Questions. That took a long time to get that onto the website. Now, it had been a book that was with a company that went bankrupt. You wonder why I self-published my latest book. There is your reason right there. Spent a year writing a book, and then the company went bankrupt one week, uh, one month after the book was published. There were a lot of authors that worked for that company, and... And we all went down with the ship on that one. Anyway, so I just put it on my website, 1001 Frequently Asked Questions. Um, you also will find the, the book that I've been talking about, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. That, that one I self-published from the outset. That's the only place you can buy it. And that special that I gave you just a few minutes ago at 32.95, that's where you go for that. It's where you go to sign up for my electronic newsletter, eGardens. I have information on Rose Rosette Virus archived there. I just leave it there for you. And also on uh, Crick Myrtle Bark Scale. Lots of information at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Take a look. I'll see you there. Let me tell you about Mueller right now and the fact that they are made in America. There's been a lot of talk these days about things that are made in America. It's an important uh, phrase that we like to hear. Well, I want to tell you about something that's been made in America for 90 years. And when a company has been making things for 90 years, they're doing it right. And that's Mueller. Mueller Metal Roofing, Mueller Steel Buildings, made right here by people, actually in Texas, by people who care about quality of both materials and workmanship. Whether it is a metal roof for your home or a custom steel building or maybe even something uh, more newer to their uh, something newer to their uh, repertoire like greenhouses for the backyard Mueller means quality Mueller has four manufacturing facilities right here in the USA and with 33 branches for sales and service there's a Mueller location near you when you choose Mueller for metal buildings or roofing, you're choosing the best quality products to protect your family and your property. And you're supporting local jobs and local families. These are ordinary, hardworking folks like the rest of us, people who are proud to provide a product made right here in the USA. Visit MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. To find a location near you. If you translate that into all numbers, it's 877-268-3553. That's Mueller. They're made in America, and they are made to last. MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Let's go to Virginia in Huntsville. Have about a minute and a half. How can I help you, Virginia? Uh, good morning, Neil. I have a a ginger plant that's made in America, like like Mueller. Yes. <laughs> and it is on my porch in a four-inch pot. I started the root from a grocery store root that I bought, and mm-hmm. it sprouted before I could use it. And I want to plant it outside, but I don't know anything about ginger. So yeah. I wondered if now is a good time to plant it, and if so, should I cut it back? You know what I would do, I, I don't know that that's going to be winter hardy for you, even in Huntsville. What I would do okay. is uh, is pot it into a larger container um, and get it through the winter. Uh, any plant that is even suspect at all of being winter hardy, I would not want to plant in the fall. Uh, okay, I have a plant, uh, have a place on the south side of the garage, 
I worked with Gibson Sun and I thought, thought that might be the best place to put it. Southside often is the worst place because it, it uh, heats up so quickly on a cold morning. Uh, when the sun hits a plant, it, it's still below freezing, and all of a sudden it warms up so rapidly that you get the, the damage that's a quick thaw. Uh, so you get more damage a lot of times on the south side. I, I would pot it up and plant it out in the spring and and see what happens. But uh, I don't know about the ginger out of groceries, whether it's going to be hardy. I, I would be concerned yeah, I about, that. about that. Too, Might but be I like better off leaving it in the pot. i got only about 10 seconds left, but uh, do a little I'm research sorry. online, see what you do. No, it's not your fault. Hey, I appreciate everybody okay. listening. I hope you have a great week, and until live next Saturday, happy gardening.